is City Tech Stories, a podcast highlighting the experiences and voices of the City Tech community. Each episode will center around a theme and include perspectives from across the college. Hi, my name is Junior Tiedal, and I'm the Web Services and Multimedia Librarian. And I'm Nora Almeida, Instruction and Outreach Librarian. Today's podcast is an interview with Nanette Johnson, our new Head of Access Services. So let's dive in. doing an interview with one of our new librarians, Nanette Johnson, and I'm just going to ask you a few questions so that people can get to know you a little bit. Okay. So for starters, um, if you want to talk a little bit about what your academic and library background are. Oh, well, let's see. Long, long ago, <laughs> this girl from Brooklyn went to Philadelphia. So I graduated from uh, Temple University okay. for undergrad. Um, I was determined to become a lawyer, so I went to um, Benjamin Cardoza School of Law. And then in that process, in law school, I was like, you know, I really don't want to do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> so I dropped out, flunked out. And then, um, but at the same time, one of my friends was like, you should be a librarian. I was like, I want to do research. You know, and she's, I don't want to just say the book's over there. She's like, yeah, become a librarian. I was like, okay. So my family was like, you're dropping out of law school? Disgrace. <laughs> What are you going to do with your life? I'm like, I'm going to be a librarian. <laughs> Went to Pratt, and mm-hmm. uh, at the time, they had the library schools in two places. So okay. I took some classes in the Puck Building and some classes on the Pratt campus. I was attending Pratt. I was a, a administrative assistant at Proscar Rose Law Firm in the law, in the law library. Oh, cool. Um, then I had a job where I had to carry out my was I think they're still open. Um, legal, some management company, they do like the filing and the like, mm-hmm. questions, but you travel around oh. to different libraries because yeah, yeah. they're small accounts. So they need a law librarian, but they don't need a law librarian, you know. I so I didn't like carrying my bag all day long. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, I had to get out. So then that job, so then I went to White and Case, and it was, it was bad. Like it was a very bad experience. But part of that was um, when you're fresh out of library school, you, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. You know, and you need, you know, you just need to help. Like, you know, you need to be trained. You need, you need people that are going to train you. And certain places you work, they expect you to know it already. Then I was going to just work for the public school and become a public school librarian. Mm-hmm. And I had an interview at AIG. I was at AIG for close to 10 years. Oh, wow. Just, just under 10 years. So how did you get in academia? Well... I used to, in corporate America, they pay for your trips. Yes. So <laughs> we would each get, like, one conference a year. Mm-hmm. And um, if you had a me- local meetings in the city, you could go to. So at some conference meeting, I met Professor Rita Ormsby at, mm-hmm. Ormsby at uh, Baruch. Baruch. I know Rita, yeah. Yeah. So I said, Rita, I need a second <laughs> job. If you know anything, can you, like, let me know? And she goes, sure. So she took my resume. And months later... Professor Mario Charles and Professor Bobby Pollard interviewed me at Baruch. Uh-huh. So they hired me. So I worked Baruch for like two years as adjunct in the night and evenings. Oh, okay. And um, when, that, when was this? This was 2004 to like 2006. So my next CUNY library, I found out about an opening at uh, out by the beach, Kingsboro. Mm-hmm. And that morning I get to Kingsboro. For that interview, I drive over there. I'm like, okay, not bad. The elevator was a little bit wonky. 
somebody had just gotten stuck in a library elevator. Oh, no. Right. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to walk. Of course, the chief librarian's office in Kingsborough is on the eighth floor or the sixth floor or something. So I'm, I said, do I really need this job walking up all these <laughs> stairs? So I, I made it, you know, because I didn't want to take the chance to get stuck in the elevator and miss my interview. I worked at Kingsborough. Jeannie Galvin left and went to Queensborough. Mm-hmm. So at Kingsborough, I became a, uh, I was a regular adjunct for many years. So I went to Queensboro mm-hmm. as an adjunct. And I did adjuncting and I did, um, a, 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 by this time I graduated, so I was a, a substitute assistant professor, mm-hmm. but I was a web. We're doing web stuff. Right. Oh, yes. Right. I had a car. Someone hit my car onto the sidewalk and broke the front axle. So I didn't replace it. So, so total, yeah. Right. So I went from taking driving, you know, like an hour, hour 15 to Queensboro to commuting two hours, two hours and 15 minutes to Queensboro. Too far away. Right. So it was just a disaster. Yeah. Like it just became a horrible disaster. Um, the commute was just, it was just too much. Yeah, just too much. So, but I had to keep working. Um, and thankfully, somehow, Brooklyn College came along. Yeah, so I was at Brooklyn College, and it was really, that was a good experience. It was a really good experience. But it was interesting. I was so sensitive from the commute to Queensboro that even though Brooklyn College was an easier commute, it's still, I was still having problems in the morning time mm-hmm. with the, with the I don't know, like, the Queensboro just really jacked me up for commuting. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds weird, but. So I saw the jobs at uh, New York City Tech, where we are today. And um, I'm just like, I'm so happy to be here. Wow. Um, I really like it. The commute, I'm doing much better in the morning. <laughs> I still I still have some mornings where I don't feel very well, but at the same time, it's still like much easier. Yes. And I'm like, okay, now it's only half an hour. You can calm down. 45 minutes, you can be at work. You can just, <laughs> just be calm and be calm, you know, stop trying. So in the morning, it's like some days I have hard mornings, but still much better than before. And um, so here we have a, a coworker, uh, Morris, that he's my hero. You know, he my mother was here. He was like librarian when my mother was here. Really? Yeah, in the seventies. Yeah, well Morris has been here for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, so he's been here actually the same time I've been on Earth. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so. Morris is my vaca- I don't know if you've ever talked to Morris about vacation, but <laughs> Morris is my like I want to emulate Morris's vacation life. <laughs> So well, you should ask him where he's going next, and he's always going somewhere. Right, because I, I kept I saw him with his tan after he came back, and I was like, I said, Morris, where have you been? Oh, cruising South America. I'm like, Morris, yeah. I love you. Morris, like, where are you going next, Morris? Because Morris definitely knows how to work-life balance, so right. he can teach us all a few things. So you mentioned a few people, but aside from Morris and Rita, who it sounds like she kind of like sparked your interest in being a librarian, is there any other sort of event or formative thing that really made you want to be a librarian? Well, what was interesting is in at Temple University, I worked in the Hyper-D, so health, recreation, and dance. Mm-hmm. No, health physical, rec- health, physical recreation, and dance library. And... Ah. I was, so I would be there at the reserve desk working. And she was really nice. She helped me with my work study. So she made sure my work study lasted the whole year. So my other friends, they ran out of money because they took a higher paying job mm-hmm. and they would just work all the hours. So I was like, oh, I still have my $50 a week. You know? yeah, yeah. And then one day she said something, something, master's degree. I said, you have a master's degree for this job? She goes, yeah. And I was like, really? But 
I just put it aside. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I used to have to like protect the bones at, in the library because they had the skeleton. So that oh, for the health science, yeah, 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 the uh, anatomy and physiology. Yeah, because the way Temple. <laughs> That's what they, the way I'm here, like protect the bones. Yeah, yeah, I have to protect the bones because the students would freak out before the exam, and somehow they would think, "Let me take this bone home with me." <laughs> <laughs> like 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 carrying the bone home is gonna work. I'm like no, I need my skeleton. <laughs> so I had to make sure we had all the skeleton pieces or most of it. You know, some of it went walking, but well, that sounds probably like a good practice for what you're doing now. Exactly, just making sure things don't walk away in some in some respect. So yes. do you want to talk a little bit about like what the scope of your position here at City Tech is now? Sure. So at City Tech, I protect the books. <laughs> So what I do now is I have a staff right now four. We have have a new person coming soon. Uh And um, we check out and check in all books in the library. Mm -hmm. We have a reserved collection for two hours of textbooks or books that the teachers have requested for classes. Mm -hmm. We have a collection of three-week reserved books, which are either old editions of the reserve, expensive books that the librarians have bought, or books that we know that are, are highly circulating and we need to make sure we just keep circulation up. So, and we have a big calculator um, collection as well. I didn't realize. Yeah, students don't have their own. And yeah. calculator. Uh, so it's interesting. I got a gift going to college with a calculator, but you know, it's, you know, yeah, like yeah. a lot of people don't have that. So it's just like keeping, keeping track of everything and helping out, like negotiating the fine situation, paying fines, getting the students to pay the fines, waiving mm-hmm. fines. Um, so it's, did I miss anything that I do? No, I think that sounds, well, you're managing people too, <laughs> right, which is yeah, a, right. big, a big thing. You exactly, know? and the personalities, mm-hmm. and I think um, definitely I have an open door policy, mm-hmm. and it seems like they're willing to talk to me, you know. That's good. Um, yeah, it seems like it. They you know, come in and complain or talk, or sometimes they'll stand at the door and talk to me. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Like, they won't necessarily come in. But then other times they mosey in. I'm like, oh, this is a different conversation. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like, when they come in, I, like, I put my stuff down. And yeah, so, yeah. listen, sorry. But the um, – so it's, it's been a good experience. And then I have a, a number of student workers. Right. A large – training. Must be right. Yes. So I think what's interesting is because I come from the reference side, I was never concerned with the books. Or like when you're on the reference side, you want to negotiate more. You're like, oh, these tech services people were here for the students and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But the tech services side hold to the rules. So now I'm on the side that holds to the rules. So sometimes I'm standing in the books or at the desk, and I'm like, God, how did you put me here? I have to hold to the rules. Right. It's a, a different perspective. Of right. <laughs> so um, how about your per- first impressions of life at City Tech? Were there any surprises? Like here, I know you've worked at a lot of other CUNY libraries. Well, the first thing, which is weird, um, like I said, my mother actually graduated from here. Uh-huh. Um, and I've passed this building many, many years. Yes. But it still was odd to me because of the other campuses, the whole waiting for the elevator thing. Yeah. Like, that's part of the morning commute. Like, you can get off the train and walk here and still be late. I worked on a reference desk, and I had a student worker with me at mm-hmm. College. And she's like... You know, I don't want you to go. They have mice there. You're not going to like it. Just stay here at Brooklyn College <laughs> with me. You know, but I you know it was a kind of a cute joke or yeah. whatever. But lo and behold, 
she was right. There were mice running all over the place. So I brought, <laughs> I, I brought you know, exterminating stuff, and I put stuff out, and you know, I was cleaning up you know, the area for my staff because I just felt so bad that the, the mouse was running over their work area. You know, then when the exterminator did come, I made friends with him, and I'm completely, yeah, like you know, <laughs> just whatever he wanted, anything he needs. So, well, you need to request this. What do you want? And I would just like send out an email. Exterminator says, exterminator is that. You know, <laughs> but I um. I it, guess this is a plug for capital improvements. For city yes, in our podcast. That's right. Right. <laughs> you know, we need capital improvements. Yes. You know, and thank God we Hopefully have. Hopefully, the governor will listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, and then like even the exterminator said, well. I don't, he, he's coming, you know, he could put down sticky pads, but however the contract changed, he couldn't put down bait traps unless we requested bait traps, but he couldn't. So he had poison, but couldn't put down the poison because there was no bait trap to put the poison in. Oh, okay. So we had to like send an email. So here it is. This is a mouse bureaucracy. Right, right. Yeah. But I, I had an exterminator. I had a mouse. But the, I had to send an email and wait however many days to get a request for bait traps. You know, so then he came. Eventually he came, you know, with the bait traps. So okay. there are bait traps everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, put them anywhere you can. <laughs> you know? So, but those are my surprises. The elevator. So I guess it's like a very literal surprise. <laughs> yes. yes. I was jumping on the chair. Exactly. Away from a mouse, kind of surprise. So, um. <laughs> so I know that may not be what you expected, but those, those are the things, the, the elevator, bathroom, and mice. But... The I just I have to say the staff here has been like wonderful. I actually feel like I fit. Like a lot of those jobs, where I said they were really bad jobs. You know, I didn't fit or 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 you know. So this is a really good yeah, job. like a culture thing. Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. this is yeah. Awesome. So what are some of your goals? And we could probably talk a little bit about research as part of this. So um, you know, do, what are your goals for your next three years as a librarian here? And like maybe talk a little bit about either professional goals in terms of your research or things you'd like to do in the department? Well, the professional goals, I think that's where what always worries me because I have, like, varied interests. Yes. So um, definitely I'm interested in, in implicit bias. At Brooklyn College, we went to an implicit bias, com- implicit bias conference. Oh, okay. And my coworkers are like, you're like the last person that actually needs to attend the meeting. The people that need to attend don't think they need to attend and they're not there. But for me, even sitting in that meeting, I was like, huh, I do that too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, like figuring out how that works in. But then I, I'm interested as well as in like OERs and I'm interested in like, so I have to like focus to think of it more. You gave me a good idea and I, I probably have to talk with you again about it. So it's like listening to like what like people around me with more experience are saying yeah. so that way I can get a better understanding because I don't want to get to the point where I'm frozen because as someone who's been in CUNY a long time, you know, I've seen people who are terrible on the desk. They're not that good with students, but they can write, yeah. you know, and so you know, there are a lot of, not, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are people that are librarians because they're writers. Mm-hmm. But um, what are some of your pop culture go-tos? And these could be books, but they could also, obviously, we don't only read books, so maybe oh. movies or TV or music. What are some of your, like, passionate pop culture? Uh, well, there there's a few things. I do like music a lot. Yeah. Um, so 
actually my staff has noticed this so they said that I have a speakeasy in my office Ooh, what kind of music are you listening to well (laughs) what what happens is I I like R&B that's like my favorite yeah but I'll read about an artist or I'll see an interview or I'll hear like so-and-so is doing the parade so I'll go to the library and I'll get different music so sometimes I'm not necessarily sure what is on my iPod because I just hit shuffle. So my my collection is over 20,000 mm-hmm. things. And, um, and then I also found the dramatic reading of the Bible for free. So at any moment... You could be listening, listening to, to like... Right, like curse words, because I do get rap, but I'll... Hip-hop, but it has to be... I'll get explicit only because I was out once and, and heard the real version of the song versus the clean version didn't realize what it was. Uh-huh. So now on my iPod, I have explicit versions. I have the Bible. So I have... Very eclectic. <laughs> yes. And then if I've read an article about someone, I'll just go get it, mm-hmm. and I'll just put it on there. So we don't know what we're going to hear on this iPod. <laughs> But sometimes, so they're like, oh, the speakeasy is on, you know, and then sometimes they'll walk past, oh, wow, it's just West Indian music playing. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it just, you don't know what you're going to hear when you pass by. Uh, I like, it's it's actually one of my guilty pleasures when I'm stressed. I read graphic novels. Oh, well, uh, we have a good graphic novel collection here. Plug for a graphic novel you know, collection at City Tech Library. <laughs> But is there a particular book or even maybe database or something about the City Tech Library's collection that you would recommend to listeners? I knew this question was coming. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't pick one yet. But we do have great, great books here. We have a lot of great books. <laughs> so definitely um, come in and use the catalog to search. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Annette. This was really fun. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.